Welcome back, guys. Clock's on the stove. We're going to be doing a little uh, college football episode for you, a little week three recap, a little week four preview. We'll dive into the rankings. As you already saw on our TikTok, we're not a big fan of the rankings, but we'll get a little more dive, a little more, what would I say, a little, a little deeper of a Further dive. insight. Further, yeah, further insight. insight. I like that, Zach. I like that. Yes. But, uh, yeah, let's start us off hot. We had Florida State going to Louisville Friday night. Florida State winning 35-31. to 31. Before we go into this game, fun fact, Florida State is the first program in college football history to have their first three wins be on three different days of the week. Mm, interesting. Yes, yeah. they uh, beat the Skinged, whatever they're called, on a Saturday. They beat LSU on a Sunday, and then they beat Louisville on a Friday. Well, good to mix things up. You know, Mike Norvell likes to keep his guys on his toes. So, you know. It's always good. But, uh, um, yeah, going into this game, man, uh, it did not look too hot for the Florida State Seminoles in the very beginning. It was 14-14 after the end of the first, and Louisville actually was up 21-14 going into, the, going into half. Um, it also didn't help that the best player on the offensive team, on the offensive side, Jordan Travis, goes out in the second quarter, and Jared Verse goes out in the second quarter, who's the best yeah. defensive player on the team. So it was kind of um, – one of those moments where it's like, well, Florida State's going to Florida State again. And we're going to, we got all excited for no reason. And they pulled it through, dude. Roadmaker, not that good, but he, he found a way. The team stepped up behind him. Game winning interception. Johnny Walker is confirmed that dude. Johnny Wilson, Johnny excuse Wilson. me. Johnny Wilson. Johnny Wilson is confirmed that dude. I think he had three tutties. Yeah, he had seven, seven receptions, 149 yards, and two touchdowns on his former team in in uh, Louisville. Um, fun little fact, the DB covering him was a FSU transfer. So they did a little swap, and then he just dunked on that bitch ass. But um, one of the things I'll say, um, I, owe, I owe an apology to Roadmaker because when he came to the game, he threw that terrible interception, and I was literally like – I was literally texting in our like FSU group chat. I was like, I think it's a fireable offense if we don't pull AJ Duffy's red shirt and force him to play because what I'm watching right now is terrible football. Like this is ridiculous, but you know, Norvell believes in his guys and he obviously knows more about the team than I do. And I'm glad he's our head coach because when he put his faith in Roadmaker, kept having him pass the ball and Roadmaker slung it like the rest of the game. He pretty much won us that game essentially. Um, play with some guts. Um, a lot of the fans on Twitter were shitting on him. Um, so I'm pretty – I think that would feel really good after the game, seeing all that. Because you, you know in your mind going in, you're like, all right, I came out and I'm playing terribly. Like I need to step it up. And the fact that he did step up at that time and really put the team on his back, that was huge. Um, as for injury news, we, Jared Verse, we had to go out. We had Jordan Travis go out along with two other players. I think on the injury report, FSU has anywhere between like five to seven guys now um, out. Nothing undisclosed yet. Um, there's been some videos of Jordan Travis at practice. However, they're not showing. Video well, there was a uh, there was a photo of Jared Verse and Jordan Travis at a jewelry shop in Tallahassee, and neither one of them had crutches or boot mm, or yes. brace. Uh, yeah, I saw Travis going through drills um throwing the football however the person recording the video purposely did not include his lower half they just had it from hips up and i thought that was very interesting because maybe you know he's like has like some form of knee brace or something 
What's weird to me is they haven't disclosed what type of lower leg injury it is. They just have it listed as lower leg. So I don't know if it's a knee. I don't know if it's ankle. I don't know what's ailing him. Um, you'd think with an ankle injury, his mobility um, running the ball would be a huge factor being taken out. Um, if it's a knee injury, you know, maybe it won't affect that much or maybe it even has worse of an effect based off how he's able to move in and out of the pocket. Um, we're not sure. We haven't disclosed anything. Norvell hasn't said anything. He just says we're in high hopes. We did get a tweet, though. Um, Jordan Travis did say, uh, I forget what the tweet exactly was, but it was pretty much along the lines of great news. Let's get it. Um, so he's in high hopes. He obviously thinks he can play sooner rather than later. Um, so hopefully we have him, have him, have him back out there. Um, but time will tell, obviously. Yeah, I'm trying to look for this tweet. Great yeah. news. Let's get it. Let's get it. So great, great <clears throat> journalism. The other thing I really like too is back. is in the post game. First of all, before before we talk about post game during the game, Malik Cunningham. I think he's overrated, dude. I think he's off feet, no throw. Um, and he was getting comparisons to Lamar Jackson, and it's like, dude, I, I understand you're a black quarterback at Louisville, but you're not Lamar Jackson. He was a a, a, a generational talent, like one of the best college players ever. I watched Lamar Jackson put up a 60 piece on Florida state when we were ranked second in the nation. And I, I nearly killed myself having to watch this man literally baptize us. And don't, that's why when people make those comparisons, I'm like, I didn't have to watch Malik Cunningham put a 60 burger on us. I was like, I had to watch uh, Lamar Jackson literally be the, the next coming of Michael Vick on my TV screen. On Florida state on a very good Florida state team. Yeah. But I don't think Cunningham's bad. I just think he's overhyped because of that comparison. But um, I just think that the two things I want to mention. One, when you have a solid program, it shouldn't matter if a guy goes in or out because your backup should be ready. They should know the system and everything. And that that gave me a lot of hope with Norvell when that happened because when Francois went out and Blackman came in, you could tell he had no idea what was going on and Jimbo was not prepared, having it prepared. Roadmaker, yeah, he came off and threw that pick. He was nervous, bro. That that crowd was crazy. It's Friday night game, 1.2 million views, crazy game. But he held his own six for 10, 109 yards, two tutties, and a pick. I mean, that's not terrible. That's really not terrible. Got dubbed. And the second thing I like is, is in the post-game interview, shout out Brett Nevitt, by the way. He works for FSU 247, went to Jesuit with him. Hopefully, we can get him on the pod sometime. But he posted this on uh, on Twitter. The post-game interview from Norvell just makes you as a Florida State fan so much happier that you got Norvell. And they're asking him, like, well, what is, what's going to happen now with the impact of Jordan Travis not being in the game? And Norvell goes, I don't know if he's going to play or not. He goes, but his impact will be the same regardless if he's on the field or not. He's going to be coaching up the quarterbacks. He's going to be helping us out with the play calling. He's going to be leading his team. He goes, every single kid on this team has an impact regardless if they're on the field or on the sideline, and that's what we do here at Florida State. And I was like, you didn't hear that shit with Taggart at all you know and it was like and i also mad props to him for not pulling and getting ajw's red shirt out because norvell and he's done this the last three years and it's something i've admired and i wish tiger did he's a man of his word he's committed to every single thing he's done regardless if it's been a mistake or if it was been positive he's committed to all the actions and every and every action he's taken and i like that a lot about him because it shows that he believes in what he's doing and obviously it's working yeah i completely agree and um 
after the game, there was an interview that I was reading today that talked about uh, Roadmaker's dad because apparently Roadmaker doesn't really like check in with any of the games. But Norbell actually texted um, Roadmaker's dad after the game, and he was like, "I'm really proud of I'm really proud of Tate." And then his dad texted back, "I wouldn't have my son play for any other coach in the world." So that shows you that every player, parent, everyone buys in, and it even shows back to like I think it was a year or two ago when our best player on Tate, like we were like benching him, like Marvin Wilson, we were benching, like we were benching a bunch of our like star players just because Norvell said they weren't buying into the program and he doesn't care how good you are. He doesn't want you on a team if you're not going to buy in. And um, at first it's kind of hard to agree with that when you're not getting the results, but the results are clearly showing now. And, you know, he, he deserved to get this head coach. Yeah, he didn't rush I, it. I, he didn't rush it. And I felt like that's what, that's what Taggart did rush it. He was rushing it, but I, I mean, there's a lot of football left, dude, but I'm, I'm big on Norvell. He's bringing culture back. That's another thing that, that we lost with Jimbo and, and with Taggart. There was no culture. He's bringing that culture back. He's bringing that pride to wear a Florida State jersey, the smashing the stone after winning the game. Like, he's putting culture back in Florida State, and it's it's yeah. it's killing him. Yeah, but, you know, this isn't uh, clocks on the knolls. This is clocks on the stove, so we got to yeah, move on to some on. of our other sports topics. <laughs> Go knolls. Uh, next – yeah, go Noles. Uh, next game, we had Oregon going up against BYU. This was actually a huge surprise to me. Um, I did not think Bo Nix was going to get it done. Um, Dude, not only Bo did he Noles. get it done, 13 for 18, 222 yards and two tutties, while also 9 for 35 carrying and three tutties. Yeah, Bonal Nixon, um, just that guy for this game, apparently. I'm not going to say he's that guy for the year because um, we all saw what uh, Georgia did. It was 38 to seven at halftime. Yeah. I remember just like keeping up to date on my phone and I was like, wow, this is a really shitty pick. I was like, the Mor- the Mormons got clapped. Um, and I was actually surprised. I don't really know. I, I don't know if it's just because BYU's defense couldn't get any stops. I'm not going to say they're, I mean, their offense only put up 20 points. I mean, obviously you're going up against a, a lot better opponent this week. In that uh, Oregon defense, you know, I think they're a little bit better than Baylor, but I didn't think Baylor's defense was bad. Um, yeah, but it was also yeah. different playing at BYU in a night game like that than playing at Oregon. Yeah, that's also very true. Now, here's my um, thing for you, Zach: is 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 Georgia? Does Georgia show that they're just that good, or is BYU just that bad? I think Johnny Walker from Barstool had the best description of the Georgia Bulldogs I've ever heard. He's like running into Georgia right now is like running into a silverback gorilla with a chainsaw for a penis. Yeah. So now, I don't know. Like, I, like, I, I don't that. know what, I don't know what a gorilla with a chainsaw for a penis looks like, but I, I would imagine it is the most terrifying thing you could ever see in your life. So yeah. I'm going to say that is very accurate to what they are right now. Um, you know, you'd think Georgia would fall off some with how many guys they sent pro, but they look just as scary. And suddenly Stetson Bennett no longer um, – Yeah, he's actually good now. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually good. Yeah, like you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, maybe he'll like throw three interceptions and only throw for 100 yards. Like, no, this dude is a leading Heisman candidate and the rest of the fucking every, – everyone's fucked. Like, that's just how I see it. Yeah, but uh, moving on from that game, <clears throat> we had Penn State going over to Auburn. Auburn is terrible, dude. They are bad. I don't – they got Harson and no one likes him. I mean, dude, we talked about on the pod before the season even started. All these players left, all these guys decommitted. And he had coaches that 
He had coaches that hadn't even coached a practice with him yet quit because they didn't want to be there with him. Mm. So obviously there's something he's doing that people don't like. And dude, like I understand if they would have lost to Penn State, it's like, all right, Penn State's a solid program. But to lose 41 to 12 at home, bruh, bruh, it's bad. TJ Finley is terrible. They, they don't, they, it's like, it's like, because I watched some highlights of it. It's like they don't know, they don't have a game plan. They're kind of just like playing the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Penn State, first of all, Sean Clifford still sucks. I don't want this to get like, we think Sean Clifford's good. He still sucks. He had a solid game. But dude, this this kid, uh, Nick Singleton, he's a dog. The running back for Penn State, he is oh, yeah. good, dude. He went 10 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. He's a dog. Yeah. Um, I, I like them. They're, Penn State right now is kind of playing the way I thought Wisconsin was going to play. But, um, yeah, they're legit, dude. I, I, I like them. I like them a lot. I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State, but I like them. Yeah, Coach Franklin, you know, just always getting it done for them despite who they got on that team. Um, you know, they had a lot of guys – lost a lot of guys last year with Dotson, stuff like that. Still got Clifford, who's not really doing much. But, you know, he can have his game sometimes. Um, he's going to need to play like that if he wants to show mm-hmm. up against a team like Ohio State, like we said. Um you know, with Auburn's situation, it's kind of just sad to see because this is a team that every year has to face an Alabama team and you expect them to compete. You know, we have the Iron Bowl for a reason, you know. Yeah. But I, I, with the coaching pool, how it's looking up, how it's shaping up for this upcoming offseason, like, who, who can Auburn even bring in? Dude, I, I just don't story. understand. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Why, yeah. why they would get rid of Malzahn for this guy? Like, if you were like, yo, we want to get rid of Malzahn, he hasn't produced – he's not giving us national championships. What he's doing – they have the hardest schedule in college football every year, and he's doing great. So, you're going to get this guy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of the same situation with Nebraska, how they let go of uh, Pelini. What? No, yeah. That his name? Yeah, they, yeah, to sign Frost. I mean – No, they let go Pelini then, to sign a worse guy. They let go Pelini to sign the freaking Oregon State coach. Oh, yeah. Sheesh. God damn. But what were you, you know, saying? Or, you had a story? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I mean, it was just kind of a stupid excerpt because I was reading about how um, Sean Payton said he would return to coaching if under the right circumstances. I don't know if he'd ever considered college, but I'd like to see him at college. Dude, Sean and, Payton at Auburn would be electric. I'm just saying. Wouldn't, wouldn't be too crazy an idea to throw out there, but, you know, I'm not going to get into any speculations. Um, how long do you think uh, How long you think Harson stays there? Not long, because if you're not if, – if you can't at least get close Dude, to any of your – bro, his contract is six years, $31.5 He may be stuck there for a while. He may be stuck there for a while. And, they, and they had to buy out Gus Malzahn's contract for $21.7 million. So they're broke. They're broke. Yeah, they have no money. I think they're stuck. Yeah, they're I fucked. I think they're stuck. Um, you might as well just ask to drop into the ACC. Give it Dude, a shot. Dude, the thing is, is I was talking to our boy Stu, who's a diehard Auburn Tigers fan. He's like, the boosters hate him too, so they're raising money to get rid of him. But the problem is, is say you raise this money to get rid of him, buy him out, what, you got to pay him probably like, is this his first year, right? His first, second year? I believe so. He? Either way, it's going to be around $20, 25000000 to pay him out, and then you have to get another coach. 
and you're at Auburn, you have to pay at least twenty million to get a guy. Like no guy's gonna go to Auburn for less than that. Yeah, because it's a high asking price, especially for the situation you've left your program. Yeah, exactly. In. Yeah, at least at least when that's the thing the two no one's realizing when Harson took over for Malzahn, they were still pretty solid. Like he still yeah. had his pieces in place. Now pick it up from Harson, it's like oh my god, I can't even imagine what their recruiting board looks like right now. Um, you know, I would imagine. Sorry, I'm getting a little notification about this whole Kevin Holland thing, but you know, we'll save the MMA news for another time. Crazy, by the way. Um, yeah, I just I don't know what the future is for Auburn football. You want them to be competitive, you know, it's an SEC school. You expect the best teams to be playing in the SEC, but when you're gonna have some rough games against, let's say, Vandy, San Jose State, who they beat by four. Yeah, you're fucked. Like, wow. Ah, it's bad. God damn. Yeah. But we, have- we move on to our college game day, game of the week. App State versus Troy, by the way, really weird. I mean, I get it. It was a home game in Boone. They're coming off, you know, some magical runs here. They played some great football lately. But there were some better matchups throughout the week that I just thought you, you could have been Well, at. you need to understand is that college football does, like, before the season starts, they do, like, a rough draft of where they think they're going to go for every game. And uh, they had they had it at Texas A&M. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be Texas A&M versus Miami. Then Texas A&M lost, and they're like, fuck it. Let's go to App State. And that's what they did. True. Um, but, I mean, hey, they know more than us because the script writers for NCAA decided to go absolutely dumb on this one and yeah. throw, in a little, throw in a little Hail Mary Yahtzee on us. You know, you got – 42-year-old Chase Bryce at the helm leading App State <laughs> partying with the with the 20-year-olds down there in Boone. But I want to know how old he actually is. He is one of He's old. old. No, he's old for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, crazy game. The fact that they were losing to Troy just kind of blows my mind. It's because they were losing to Troy. I have a bold prediction for later in this pod when we get into our week four predictions. Um but, yeah, I just thought, you know, great perseverance, pulling that off. But if you don't get that Hail Mary, that's a really embarrassing loss on your resume. And instead, yeah. Dude, but that city of Boone, North Carolina, had to burn down after that game. Did you see them storm the field and, like, all the outside of the stadium? Like, Oh, yeah. No, they get rowdy. They yeah. get rowdy. Yeah, no, that's an, would, awesome, that's an awesome environment for college football. Yeah, I would love to go for a game. Um, yeah, that's an awesome environment. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, yeah uh, so moving quick, on. Before we move on from that game, uh, okay. throw God as I was telling Zach before the pod. Set Chase Bryce went to Clemson, then he went to I think JUCO, and then he went to Duke, and then after that he went to he went to App State, and he was like, imagine it, how much better Clemson would be overall just if Chase Bryce stayed there right now. How much better of a team they'd be? I mean, DJ Ukulele isn't really doing anything. I mean, dude, um, he is. He is. Chase Bryce right now on the season, 773 yards, nine touchdowns, one pick with a 75.6 QBR. And you're like, oh, he plays at App State. This is against UNC and at Texas A&M also. Mm-hmm. And UNC – and not UNC. Um, Texas A&M coming off a pretty impressive win versus Miami. You know, Miami may or may not be overrated. We don't know. Still early in the season. But, you know, still ranked wins for Texas A&M. They're still playing quality football. They're still a ranked team. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, App State definitely has what it takes to beat some of the higher caliber teams. It's just all about whether they can do it on a consistent basis or not. But, Agreed. Yeah. But moving on from that, we have Kansas Jayhawks. Dude. Wow. What, wow. Is go- what is going on in Kansas? Not just a basketball school. Not just a basketball school. Not- Speaking of which, we have a lot of basketball schools doing some pretty crazy shit this year. You have Kentucky and Kansas playing exceptionally well for being basketball schools. And I don't know why Kansas moves to three and zero. they beat a prior ranked team on Houston. Now Houston is kind of showing their true colors. Um, they got beat pretty bad 48 to 30. Their defense is just abysmal. Um, but Kansas Dude, their quarter, their, their quarterback is gross. Jalen Daniels. He's leading the country in QBR at 97.5. Yeah. Um, He's gross, dude. He had 14 for 23, 358 yards and three touchdowns, no picks, and then 12 carries for 123 yards for two touchdowns. He's good, dude. He's good. And their head coach, Lance Leipold, I'm a big fan of him. He was the coach for uh, for Buffalo, uh, the Bulls. And uh, and, uh, what conference are they in? In the MAC? The the Buffalo Bulls? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're Mac. No, no, I think they're Mac. I think they're Mac. I no, I think they're American Athletic. No, they're not American Athletic. I think they're Mac. We'll have to double check with that. But they are. Yeah, they're in the Mac. They're in the Mac. They're on the Mac. Mac, okay. Mac East. But when he was there, they were gross. So it doesn't. It, it's not a shocker that he's doing well at Kansas. But dude, they're. I'm telling you right now, keep your eyes on Jalen Daniels. This quarterback is freaking good, dude. He's legit. What? What's the contract for right now? For Lightbulb? Yeah. Let's see. I, can't I mean, imagine. I think it's his first year. It's his first year, I believe. And or no, last year was his first year. His contract uh, is six year, 16.5 mil. That's a pretty cheap contract. Well, I mean, it's I, Kansas, dude. Yeah, see, that's the problem because you'd want him to stay there and build something, but he's gonna get bought out so easily by some of these bigger programs. Like, I could see, I could see him balling out this year, and then them them uh, fixing his contract. You think? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, dude, he was at Buffalo before. It's not like he he's like coached anybody. It's not like he's like been around the game, you know? Yeah, that's true. I hope he stays there. I would like to see Kansas. I like it, dude. I like Kansas being good. I like it. Yeah, it just something like about it. them Jayhawks. Yeah. And they got Reminds good fans. Like they got good. They they're they're they have a they're good college atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. Other than that, we had LSU taking on Mississippi State. Um, did we take LSU winning this game? I'm pretty yeah, sure we, took, we did. We took LSU with the spread plus two, and they won. Yeah. Um, okay, Jaden Daniels is really good at football, dude. Uh, two hundred ten yards and a touchdown. Ninety three rushing yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he just one of the things I like about him a lot though is his just poise in the pocket. Like his arm talent is exceptionally well, but it's how mm-hmm. he makes his reads. It's really good as well. Um, he's able to really understand his pocket presence. If the pocket's collapsing, he's able to get out. He's a great mobile quarterback as well. He's shown his legs um, as an additional weapon for him. He's got great dual threat abilities. As for Mississippi State, you know Mike Leach's little air raid or bulldog raid just it doesn't work in sec it does it just doesn't just yeah it works in pac-12 i'll give you that you know when you had um what's his face aaron gordon out of 
what was it, Washington State last year? Two years ago? Gordon out of Washington. What are you talking about? Bro, wasn't there a quarterback named Gordon out of Washington State last year? Are you thinking of um Minshew, Gardner Minshew? No, no, Gordon. Gordon. Out of Washington State? Yes. He had one of my favorite throwing motions. Anthony Gordon. Anthony Gordon. Yeah, where's he at right now? I've never heard of this kid. I found an Anthony Gordon for Everton so- soccer. Not nah, Anthony Gordon football. He's number. He's with the Kansas that. City Chiefs. Yeah, dude, he is nasty. Dude, how come I, I think never, he is? I don't remember this kid. Dude, you don't remember him throwing for like seven hundred yards in a game last year? And I was like, holy dude, that's shit. E- that's every Washington State quarterback though, Zach. Ah, oh, I mean, I guess, but still, I'm not gonna. The, the kid got drafted. He was good enough to get drafted. So yeah, I mean, I like Mike Leach. I think he's cool. I just think his style doesn't translate. And I think with LSU, you're starting to see like. They're Brian Kelly starting to get a relationship with them, and they're starting to trust him and like do stuff. And dude, Jaden Daniels is good. I hate how everyone shit on him for the FSU game. He has six touchdowns and no picks. Like I think it was it, just it, my brother that was shitting on him, like really yeah. badly. <laughs> but <laughs> um, my brother was like, "This is the worst quarterback I've ever seen." I'm like, "Bro, what are you talking about? But this man's making plays. We're just getting it done." I think I think LSU seat. got a little too much hate. I think Brian Kelly got a little too much hate for that opening game with Florida State. I think they're going to be back on track. I think they're going to be good. Yeah. I think Daniel's a great kid to have, too, to start that program. Yeah. By the way, uh, I don't think we touched on it, but one of my favorite videos after that week one was when um, Brian Kelly tried to roast the media team yeah. for arriving late. And he was like, yeah, you know, um, when you show up late, you had to put a dollar in the jar. And then one of the media guys was like, yeah, well, uh, we may have showed up on time if you would have won a fucking game. And Brian Kelly was like, ah, okay. <laughs> He's like, all right, this didn't happen to me in Notre Dame. <laughs> But uh, our you next ain't game, teaching Catholics, boy. I'm like, you out, our, you down in the bayou. Our next game, uh, I just want to say, um, I'm such a better journalist than Zach. <laughs> NC State beat Texas Tech 27 to 14. I don't know if you remember in there in the last pod, I told Zach this is gonna happen, and for some random reason, Zach's a fucking Red Raiders fan, and it was like, oh no, I'm Texas. I'm Texas. I don't. Uh, their quarterback Leary, he's solid. Uh, he had a lot of hype coming into this year, and I don't think he's played up to it yet, to be honest. But I, I like them. I like their coach. I think Finley is his last name, maybe. But um, I think NC State is overrated still. Uh, I don't think they're going to do anything. I think it's kind of like my Wake Forest thing. They're keeping them high up in their ranks, so it, it keeps the ACC with some spice. But they don't have any it factors to me. I cannot hear you right now, Zach. I'm sorry. Right now, Zach. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I can't. Continue. Yeah, I just think that um, it wasn't that I thought NC State was that much better. I just thought Texas Tech would be able to keep it close and pull it out. Um, you know, but Texas Tech could. They literally gave up a pick six, weren't able to get it done offensively. Terrible offensively, honestly. Um, I guess NC State's defense is what's keeping them in these rankings because it certainly is the offense. Um, you know, Finley did have a lot of hype coming into the year. I don't think he's lived up to it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, there was ta- yeah. His head coach said he was going to win the Heisman going into the ECU game. I mean, I, I just, I'm all... 
I'm all for believing in your players. Like I'm all for buying in, believing your guys are that good, but you gotta have, like, like take the Dion approach. Like when a coach, like when uh, the media asked Dion, they were like, so uh, when are you going to play Bama? And he was like, 10 years. Yeah. He's like, we're he's nowhere like, near that. Yeah. He's like, he's like, come on. He's like, we're good. We're not that good. Like you, you have, you have to rationally think about where your team's going to be because at the end of the day, when you go and make your schedules two to three years out from now, because wait, do they sit down and make their schedule? Three to four. I think it's three to four. Yeah, they do three to four in advance. You have to realize where your program is at now and where you're going to be based on recruits so that you can be in competitive games in order to put yourself in a spot to be in the playoffs. If you just go out there thinking you're going to beat the best teams, not only are you going to get upset certain weeks because upsets happen, you're going to get flat out embarrassed by some of the better teams, and then you're not going to get kids recruited to your school. Yeah. I mean, that's just bad, Coach. That's that's bad as a recruiting perspective and as bad as a head coach because – if you just have a false sense of reality for your players, when you recruit a kid and you tell him, oh, I think you're going to go pro, I think you're going to win highs and all these things, and he doesn't amount to any of that, that kid's going to turn around and be like, yo, don't come in here. Don't come in here. Because like he's just going to feed you a bunch of this hoopla, a bunch of this bullshit just to get you to commit here, and then you're going to end up losing a bunch of games, and you're going to wish you never went to college here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, but- I, was, I thought NC State was going to be some. I really don't think they are. There's still a lot of football left, uh, but yeah, moving on. The most surprising game of the weekend, at least in my opinion, is Washington absolutely baptizing Michigan State. Yeah, a uh, huge shout out to um Michael Penix Jr. Big Penix energy um he, coming he out of this so, guy. He is so good. Yeah, this man threw for 400 yards, and by the third quarter. He was baptizing Michigan State. Dude, he went um, 24 for 40, 397, and four touchdowns with no picks, a QBR of 91.9. And he has he's 10, 10 tutties. He has, on the season, 1,079 yards, 10 tutties, one pick with an 88.6 QBR. Kid is playing football. And what's crazy is, is when we talked about this game, Zach, we said it could go two ways. It's either going to be Michigan State slowing it down, using their, their Big Ten O-line, D-line to bully – or Washington's going to air raid. And, dude, Washington's defense showed up. They shut down Jalen Berger, who is the leading rusher for Michigan State, former Wisconsin running back, very dog, 13 carries for 27 yards, no touchdowns. Yeah. And yeah. the quarterback for, for Michigan State, uh, Peyton Thorne, he didn't play horrible. I mean, he had three, 30 for 42, 323 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. But I'm pretty sure most of that came in the second half. After, like, Yeah, it was already over. Yeah, but they're getting annihilated. I don't really know what to take from this game. Is Michigan State ass or is Washington really like that? But regardless, Pet Mike Penix is like that. That dude is a dog. He was good at Indiana. He had in- injury issues, but he's showing you again that he can play football. Yeah, um, this is the second week in a row I've seen a top 15 team ranked playing an unranked team and be the underdogs, and they get absolutely schlacked. Um that's what I don't understand. Uh, we can get into this argument in the AP ranking, but I kind of want to touch on it now. How can you be ranked in the top 15 and go into a game against an unranked opponent and be underdogs? That means you weren't deserving of your rank in the first place. You're only there because of what you've done. Prior. Make the rankings legitimately for who the best 25 teams in the country are. Don't do it just based off of, oh, well, you know, they're undefeated up to this point or they've beaten these guys, so we'll give them this ranking for now, even though we'll know where they're going to lose later. Don't do that because that that's literally just doing it for your own sake to spice up certain games because the casual fans are going to turn on TV, see number 11 
uh, Michigan State take on uh, number 10 Iowa, but you both know those teams suck dick. I'm not going to want to watch that. What what would you think of what would you think of college football doing no rankings until week three? What do you uh, think? You do no rankings week one, no rankings week two, and then you actually rank who you think the top twenty five are. Because the biggest issue that keeps occurring when we talk rankings is like, well, they're they're only judging them based off the preseason rankings. They're not judging them actually based on how good they are and stuff like that. And um, and it's like it's like all right, then just don't rank in the beginning. Just don't even rank. Yeah. As much as I would like for them to do that, we both know that a majority of the early AP rankings are just for clickbait and to aggravate the living shit out of people. Because if you go if you go on that sports center shit, they can't wait to get the rankings out. Oh yeah, it, I sends, know. yeah. it sends the people into a frenzy. They're like, oh well, how is this team ranked? And I mean, we're we're even subject to that bullshit for more than half the time because we look at UF. It's ranking week in, week out, and we're like, what? why? Why? You have a quarterback that's literally the worst in the state of Florida in QBR behind USF's quarterback, FSU's quarterback, Miami's quarterback. Like he, He's garbage, but um, enough dunking on UF for the time being. That's not the point of this. The point is <laughs> the, the rankings are such bullshit, and they know it's bullshit. Like, honestly, only release a top 10. Only release a top 10, and then you can do top 25 after week three. Or maybe the way I would do it, have a top five for week one, top 10 week two, top 15 week three, top 20 week four, top 25 by week five. And then by then, you get what? Into the college football playoff rankings by what? We, week six or seven or eight. Like exactly. Eight. So right so right there, as soon as you get the top 25 fully reviews, released, move right there into that. Because – the problem is with the teams that are just on the fringe of the top 25, no one really knows who's just there. So you'd be in your full right if it was like week two and you only have 10 teams ranked. If you have two teams have surprising victories over really good teams, people are going to understand why you would throw them in the top 11. You can, but people aren't going to understand if you just release a top 25 and then put an unranked team at number 12. Like, what are we doing there? What What are we doing? But, I mean, obviously, you know, it's been – I think it's more of a tradition thing. We've just been doing it for so long that it's kind of hard to switch away from it. But, you know, I digress. So, moving on, we have Texas A&M University taking on Miami. Uh, Texas A&M ended up pulling that game off 17-9. to um, I'm actually surprised I had Miami winning this game just because I thought Texas A&M was absolutely dog shit. Another failure – on the journalistic perspective. Well, the reason I thought Miami would be able to pull this off, I thought they had played really well in weeks prior. You know, I thought Van Dyke was a really solid quarterback, and I really like Mario Cristobal um, leading things there in Miami. But, you know, Miami putting up nine points, I think it was, what, three field goals, couldn't even I get think, an offensive touchdown. Yeah, I think this game for both teams is an L, even though Texas A&M won it. Dude, they're – like, they're – dude, it's just – their their freaking their quarterback went ten for twenty with one hundred and forty yards for a touchdown. Okay, Max Johnson. They finally let him start. LSU kid, and their their running backs didn't do it. Like it was just a boring ass game, and it was just like Texas A&M has had like one more big play than Miami did. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think Van Dyke's worth a shit. I don't know why there's so much hype around this Van Dyke kid at Miami. Yeah. Um. 
personally, from what I've seen from him, he just makes a lot of good throws um, at time. Like he shows a lot of arm talent. So there's a lot of developmental aspect to it. Like people see a lot of upside in him. I don't think he's a necessarily great quarterback. I'm not going to see him in the running for the Heisman, but I think that's what they're seeing. But no, yeah. but he was like that was that was being discussed. Yeah, but oh, people just like to people just like to say shit just to make certain fan bases happy, you know, conjure up some clicks, whatever bullshit they want to talk about. But I got nothing more to say on that side of things. Yeah, I don't either. Just a quick recap: Southern Illinois pulled off the crazy FCS upset over Northwestern, thirty-one to twenty-four at Northwestern. Just to shows you again how bad Nebraska is, and um. Kind of crazy how Grayson Fisher said Pat Fitzgerald should be on the hot seat going into this year. And it looks like he's doing pretty damn good with that that judgment so far. Yeah. Um, you ain't wrong. I was going to say, I, for some reason, I thought you were talking about the Nebraska game. But you said Northwestern. Um, yeah, I want to talk about Nebraska too. But honestly, after they fired Scott Frost, they kind of sucked dick anyway. Yeah. Um, we got that bet right, though. I said that Oklahoma was going to win. Um they got it by a lot so by a lot yes a lot a lot um i don't know what's in the future for nebraska but that's not the point the point Dude, is that how about um, this, uh, huge congrats yeah he's congrats to southern illinois but as you were saying how about that syracuse purdue game bro purdue has been in bangers of games this year he started off with the penn state game then this this uh this syracuse game bro it, <sighs> 22 points scored by Syracuse and 20 points scored by Purdue in the fourth quarter. In the last, like, six minutes, I don't know if you saw it. It was all over my social media. was just hectic as hell. I mean, the only thing I'm super interested in when it comes to anything about Syracuse playing football is I need to know what Sean Tucker thought about his performance. Um, So let's see his most recent tweet. Um, this weekend we won Syracuse 32, Purdue 29. I'm pleased with my with the outcome of the game. You have to love three and zero. I'm not pleased with my performance. I expect more for myself. The grind never stops. Nor will number 34. I rushed for 42 yards and two receptions for 23 yards. Hashtag PL34 SED, aka Police. Um, Sean Tucker is that man. I wait. For I like him. His, person, yeah, his personality is dope. Yeah, I absolutely love anytime he plays well because I immediately go to Twitter to wait for his tweets. Um, I wonder how I wonder if he like locks himself in a room and he goes through every play in his mind and he's just like <laughs> instantly yes. watches film. No, he instantly watches film. As soon as the game's done, he goes in the locker room, just watching film. Yeah. And he just ha- he has to know if he was pleased with his performance. No, I but, like um, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Yeah, Sean, I'm surely pleased with your performance. Um, I hope I hope you're, I hope to see you in the NFL one day, and I hope to get you on this pod because that would please me. Uh, that would please very, me as well. Yes, that would very please me. Uh, moving on from that, though, we had one of the biggest surprises surprising games of the week. Uh, Wake Forest barely beating Liberty. Yo, and I want to real quick before Zach a, before we go on. I want to give an apology because you were going to take Liberty covering the spread, and I told you it was stupid as fuck. Yeah. Um. Dude, I don't know why. I just usually when quarterbacks are coming off such a serious injury like that, um, you know, we know how good he was. We hope he gets back there. But he didn't play so horrible. Hard. He still threw for three twenty five. Yeah, but 
uh, there was something about Liberty that I was just, they had played well the week prior. They were riding a hot streak. And, you know, when you're, I think for Sam, it was more about getting the nerves back under control. You're excited to be back and playing. But Liberty came in with a fat sack and something yes. proof because they even, they even tried to win it. Um, I wish USF would have had the balls that they had because um, they went bitch mode as compared to Liberty when they were like, fuck it, if we die. We die. Bro, but you need to remember too is like Liberty's a trap game because of their head coach Hugh Freeze. When he was at Ole Miss, he beat Alabama twice. I mean, yeah. the dude know the dude is good on in big games. Like, I don't know how good he is overall as a head coach. I mean, he's he's a damn good head coach, I'm not gonna lie. But he's yeah. he's very good at upsets. So, like, whenever you have Liberty, regardless of how good they are, they're gonna be prepared. They're not gonna shy away from the big games. But yeah, yeah Hartman and, and Wake Forest, dude, I don't really I mean, they won 37-36 because Liberty went for two in the, in the last play of the game to win it, and they didn't get it. But I, you cannot be happy with that. And you're playing Clemson this week. Like, you got to be like, fuck me right now. Yeah. I mean, o- offensively, there's no doubt in my mind they're a very talented team on the offensive side of the ball. I think yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they're very talented. Programs. But the problem is when you're giving up 36 points to Liberty, bro, like you're supposed to be a power five team. And they, do, they had so much hype about Sam Hartman's game back, Sam Hartman's game back. Yeah. Especially for how well they played without him. You'd think they would baptize the team. But I, I had a weird feeling, even though I don't really know a ton about Liberty. I just I thought they were going to cover, um, and they did. Uh, but, you know, we learned from these mistakes. I ended up screwing the pooch on the Texas Tech game. So you win some, you lose some. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. You never know. But moving on from there, how about teams with no balls? Um, USF, no balls. No balls. Very competitive performance. Um, I will say that, you know, playing the game that close, um, especially I don't think their quarterback held them in this game at all. I think the running back for USF, Beatty, I think he played phenomenally. He's a dog. He's a dog. Yeah. I'm I'm so upset that the only video going viral from that game is the D tackle absolutely yeah. slamming him through the earth. Um, I will say that probably did not feel good at all. Um, I did see a couple comments, though, that kind of like shocked me. They were like, oh, like, um, it was like unnecessary roughness penalties are so like hit or miss. Like, how is this not? I'm like, dude, he's a ball carrier that just happened to get slammed by 500. Yeah, it's not, he's 5'8, bro. A guy that's bigger than him could pick him up. Yeah. Like, don't, don't ask for the game to be completely like pussified. Like, we no, don't he, need that. He's, like, like you said, though, he's solid, dude. He had 150 yards, uh, 8.8 average and a toddy with a 51 breakaway. I mean, yeah. He's solid. So. USF sucks, so it just shows you how bad UF is. And I'm so – I'm actually happy UF won the Utah game because Zach and I got so much heat from our friends that go to UF for a whole week, and then they lose to Kentucky and our friends get quiet, and then this game happens and our friends are fucking – they block my phone. Silent. They block me. Silent. I, I can't even call them. I can't even hit them up. But yeah. Anthony Richardson, 10 for 18, 112 yards. Zero touchdowns and two interceptions with a 11.6 QBR. Sell your guns. Your AR-15s ain't working. They ain't working. You Dude, might as well see is, what you got. He is bad, man. He's bad. This team's bad. They're very overrated. They got excited because Napier was – it was kind of – you know what it reminds me of, Zach? It reminds me of Willie Tiger. They got really excited because he started recruiting really well, but they can't do it. They, and I saw Dan – and two things. One – Dan Mullen got shit on for not starting AR-15, and he was fucking right. He was right all along, okay? And secondly, I saw an interview with him talking about it all, and it's like he saw all this coming. He was like, I could have – he didn't – 
he was very humble in the way he said it, but it was kind of like he knew this was going to happen. And yeah. he's like, there's too much hype on AR-15. When the Utah game, game came, there was nothing – no one really knew much about him. So it was like, oh, you're underdogs at home. There's no pressure, blah, blah, blah. And now there's so much pressure on him. And he's – like like Mullen said, he's forcing throws rather than just going out there and having fun and making his reads. And yeah. it's crazy because we said it in the beginning. He's overrated. He hasn't proved anything. He didn't prove anything last year. They're all hype on his possibilities. But he's not that guy, dude. And and I don't think UF's going to do shit this year. I really don't. Yeah, it's really not looking like it. Um, wow, it, it's kind of sad to see, honestly, because I mean, we're talking about a guy who literally the uh, the committee was literally so high on AR fifteen that they were calling him a first round draft pick candidate going in. They're calling the him the second coming of Tebow. They were calling him the second coming of Tebow. Oh my god. Um, yeah, it shows you how delusional fans can get at times. He was getting related to Cam Newton. Oh my god! Yeah, Cam I Newton wanted, Cam, Cam Newton was literally a walking god. You could you could argue game. he's the greatest college quarterback of all time. I'll still put Tebow up there, but if you want to talk about strictly being a quarterback, I'll give it to Cam Newton. That's what I'll say. Yeah, um, all, I gotta, all, all I really got to say about that game is UF sucks. If I'm a UF fan, I'm shitting my pants. Billy Napier was a was a was a rushed hire, and AR fifteen is not your guy. You're just back in the same loop of being UF. I'm sorry. Yep. And 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 I'm not just saying this as a Florida State fan. I'm saying it as someone that's watching this. You need to fucking fix your shit quick because Tennessee is gonna clap you next week if you don't fucking put something together. I I'm 100 on that train uh, without a doubt. Moving on from that, only quick thing I'll say about this Eastern Michigan upset upset over uh arizona state um herm edwards got fired and some of the stories i've been reading about herm edwards at that program there was a couple of coaches that um fed news to the athletic it's all speculation by the way there's no yeah, this is all speculation. yet yet but there were some coaches saying it wasn't very hard hard to get information on the asu team because apparently some assistant coaches and players were literally feeding out what plays they'd be running and feeding out their playbook because that's how bad they wanted Herb Edwards gone. And, you know, I understand if you don't like your coach with all the allegations, I understand if you don't like a guy, but you don't, he's not going to give up on you. Don't give up on him. Don't set him up for failure. Yeah. Don't set him up for failure. Just let it play out. And, and, you know, end his tenure at the end of the year. Um, But ASU didn't even wait for the end of the year. I'll let you, yeah, they they fired now. him. They fired him before we got to the locker room. He 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 yeah. he walked off the field and in the end zone, the president and the athletic director were waiting for him. They fired him before he even got in the locker room. And and you this also look, I I'm a big Herm Edwards fan as an analyst and as a person. Like his speeches and, and shit, he's a good I just don't think he's that good of a head coach. I also don't think Arizona State is a good football school in general. But you're also you had Jaden Daniels. You lose him, you get Emory Jones. Like, yeah, you shouldn't have lost Eastern Michigan, but you're not really helping the dude out either, you know. And and you got to have some respect for him, bro. Like, he did during his time there. He did do some great things. It wasn't like they always sucked. They beat number three, like number three or five Oregon when he was there. You know, like he did do some great things. But I don't know. I don't like. I don't like firing the guy like that. I think that's very disrespectful. Yeah, I also think it kind of shows you how good Jaden Daniels is. Mm-hmm. Um, how much now, impacted that team? Yeah, because wait, 
Is this a Jaden Daniels that's at Kansas or? No, no, that's Jalen Daniels. Jaden Daniels at LSU. LSU. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, sorry for the mix up. But yeah, shows you how good he actually was. And Arizona State really couldn't do shit with him. Moving on, though, uh, that's enough for our week three re- recap. Let's get into games to watch for in week four. Now, we're going to. We're not going to go over a ton of games. We're just going to go over some of the ranked matchups, some games that we think betting lines are super easy to hit on. Games that you need um, to watch so, this weekend. Yeah, exactly. So starting us off, we have number five Clemson at seven point favorites going to number 21 ranked Wake Forest. The over under on this game is set at 55 and a half. Some of the notes I'm going to say about this game, uh, Clemson's running back, Will Shipley, um, finally healthy. He scored two touchdowns at each of the Tigers three wins this season, standing out as one of just three players nationally to have three touchdowns in their first three games. Um, I think he'll be a big proponent of this offense just because I don't really trust DJ Ukulele to do shit. Um, he just really isn't doing well as a quarterback. Um, I don't know what they see in him. I don't I don't know if their backup is just that much worse. Um, I think it's the same thing as as Duffy. They don't want to pull his red shirt yet. Yeah. Um, as my phone is at 10%, so I will grab a charge real quick. Um Another thing, I'm just going to say who I think will win the game. I think Clemson's going to win, and I think they'll cover the spread. reason why I say this is Wake Forest is excellent offensively. I think they have a ton of great weapons. The only problem is their line is not up to par, and I think one of Clemson's most consistent things about their teams year in, year out is that D-line is a bunch of dogs. The defense in general, bro, and that's where I was going to piggyback off you. Is I think I think the way I see this game going, I, I think Clemson's gonna cover the spread as well. I think Wake is gonna rely way too much on Sam Hartman to pull him out of this. And I think they're just gonna shut him down. The, the Wake doesn't really have a run a run presence. They don't no, excuse me, they don't have a run presence at all. So they're just gonna you they're gonna just take a linebacker out, QB spy Hartman and just lock down the receivers and, and make sure he can't do anything. And I think it's gonna be like a 28 to 10 game. Like I don't think Clemson's going to run the scoreboard up, not because of how good Wake's defense is, but because of how bad Clemson's offense is. But I can't see, I I can't see Wake running up the scoreboard on this Clemson defense. Regardless of what you think of Clemson, their defense is fucking legit. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to stay away from the over under just because. And I like Hartman, dude. I'm a big Hartman fan. I think he's fucking good. I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. But the problem is, when you're at a school like Wake Forest, the whole program is dependent on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving on from that, we have number 17, Baylor, taking on Iowa State. Um, at Iowa State, Iowa State is minus two and a half favorites and the over-under set at 40, 45 and a half. Here's what I'll say about this. Uh, Baylor has an excellent running game on the ground. Um, they have three players totaling at least 100 uh, rushing yards through three games, so they have plenty of weapons back there. Um and the way I think I'm leaning in this game, I think I'm going to have to take Baylor money line. Um, you know, spread it two. I don't really need. Um, and the reason is because considering Iowa State's uh, lacking like offense against like power five teams, um, and I mean Baylor hasn't thrown for more than 200 yards. They didn't even throw for over 200 yards against BYU, which was sad. Um, yeah, their quarterback's it, ass. Yeah, it seems very likely that this is going to be a very run heavy run heavy game which means the clock is going to be moving um and because i say that i think the under will be hit this game as well i'm going to take the under at 45 and a half um i just don't see a lot of passes through the air a lot of clock 
going to keep moving, you know, maybe later in the game. Unless it goes to overtime, then we're fucked. But uh, yeah. you never really bank. You never really bank on overtime. But, um, yeah. I kind of want to go with Iowa State to be honest with you, Zach. I like. I think these teams are like you said. Baylor's defense is legit because they got Arenado there, who is the D coordinator at LSU and D coordinator at Wisconsin. So he's mm-hmm. their defense is solid. So it will not be a high scoring game. Um, I mean, even in the B, the BYU game, it was just flags were fucking. Then wasn't really their defense. Um. But what stands out to me is is one, I like how Baylor utilizes their multiple running backs. It's something Wisconsin used to do and they don't fucking do it anymore. I don't know why. And it really is hard. But I think the key factor here is gonna be Xavier Hutchinson, the wide receiver for Iowa State out of Jacksonville. He's a senior. He's a savage, super good. I could see him being the escape guy for them, you know, like them running, 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 and then catching him on a third down and catching him in the red zone. I think his impact has been not to the extreme that we wanted to see out of him due to their poor offense. But I think he's the kind of kid that's going to – that's he'll have, like, one breakaway play that will pull it away from them. I, I kind of like Iowa State in this matchup, especially at Iowa State. Um, and I love yeah, you know, I love Matt Campbell, the head coach at, at Iowa State. I'm a huge Matt Campbell fan. I agree with that. Um, since I was not so accurate on my picks last week, I'll make the uh, – I'll agree with you. We'll switch I do like the under, Iowa though. State. I like the under. I like the under. Yes. So we'll stick with the under, and we're going to Iowa State – with the spread minus two and a half moving on from that game. We have TCU um, at minus two point favorites going to Southern Methodist university, AKA SMU over under on this game is 70 and a half. I'm really tantalized to take the over, even though it's at 70. And the reason why I'm saying this, by the way, this is the skillet bowl. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, I believe. Yes. So the skillet, uh, Sonny Dykes, former SMU coach, now at TCU. Um, he is very obviously an offensive coordinator, um, offensive heavy type of coach, and we've seen that. And both of these teams are averaging more than 500 yards on offense. TCU Horn Frogs, however, are number one in the Big 12, averaging more than 520 yards per game. So these guys love to throw the ball. Both teams love throwing the ball. They hate their run games. They're like, fuck it. We don't need it. Well, and TCU lost Zach Evans, their best rusher, to Ole Miss, too. Yep, so they're like, screw it. We're only going to throw the goddamn ball. And that is why that 70 and a half is looking mighty tantalizing. I don't know how you're feeling about it. I may lay off just because 70 I'm gonna is be, uh, insane I'm going to be completely honest, Zach. I'm kind of leaning with SMU this game. I think the over is going to hit 100%. I think you're right on that. But Tanner Mordecai, the quarterback for SMU, he started his career at Oklahoma, couldn't get the starting job. Went to SMU. On the season, he has 1,013 yards, 10 tutties, three picks, and a 68.3 QBR. I I remember talking to you before. I was like, how are you feeling about this TCU game? And I brought up SMU pulling it off. And then we kind of And SMU is a 51.7 favorite according to FP, uh, ESPN's Football Power Index. Yep. I'm a, you know, know, fuck it, bro. I like – let's take SMU. They're going to be yep, pissed I'm off if Tony Dykes is gone. And and yep. they have it's like you said it's going to be a shootout. It's going to it might as well be who gets the ball last. Yep, I completely agree. You got two high powered offenses, and I just don't think I think Sunny Dykes gets a little slap in the face. You know they're coming off a of bye week. They didn't play last week, and SMU's got a bad taste in their mouth. You know they're coming off. Uh, no, they lost SMU. Loss. Oh, TCU. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, TCU had the bye. SMU's coming off a unfortunate sour tasting loss. Good game though. Close game. Good, exactly. So they're going to be pissed. They're going to come out here firing on all cylinders. So I I will 100% take SMU on this game. 
we're gonna rock with that. Next yeah, game, money line though, money line, money line. Yeah, yeah, money line. Um, and over, right? You said over as well. Eh, we'll we'll lean away from it for now. Uh, I'm not too sure. We have they haven't really played quality teams yet to prove that over yeah, 70, 70 yeah, is, I, I agree. Yeah, 70, 70 is a hike. Um, but next game we have Duke heading over to the Jayhawks. The, the Jayhawks, Lawrence, Kansas. The Jayhawks are hot. Dude, Duke is hot right now too, bro. They did beat uh, Northwestern. Three and overs, three and oh. Two basketball schools. How this is not college game day absolutely baffles not only myself, but a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, shout out Anthony Nelson at Duke. We hope you eat and sack Jalen Daniels as much as possible. However, um, I think Kansas I'm gonna say, them. Yeah, really badly. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be yeah. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas minus, minus seven is going to be a lock. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, very easy. Lock. I just don't think Duke – I think Duke is solid and they're very well coached and they're going to – be put in the right positions. But the problem is, is when it turns into a shootout, Jalen Daniels can run and throw, and this offense is so high-powered. The way I look at it, I think it'll be like a 21-14 halftime, and then second half, Kansas takes away. There's no way. Duke doesn't have the, the offensive power to run the scoreboard up like Kansas does. Yeah, not a chance. Don't really have much to say about that. Something's in the water up in It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun game. It will be. It will be a, be a very fun game. Fun game. Um. Yeah, definitely should have been college game day. I agree. Just based off the fact that these are both undefeated teams and it would have been it it's just an interesting environment. You know, these are two teams that you don't really get a chance to Bro, see. Those a lot Kansas fans would go nuts if it was college game day. You seen a Kansas basketball game? Oh yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they're like hot out of nowhere, like they would be like out of their goddamn minds. Yeah. I think like, I think that it. I think they're stupid for not doing that personally. So this next game. Number 20 ranked U.S. Is, this next on. game is our college game day. Yes. So number 20 ranked U.F. is heading on down to Knoxville to face number 11 ranked Tennessee. Tennessee is minus 10 and a half favorites over under set on 62. Um, I am taking the under in this game. What's I don't know that? how you feel. Yeah. About Six, 62. I just don't think Florida has the firepower to put up more than – Ah. See, here's my problem with this game. But Tennessee has the firepower to put up yeah. points. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're gonna avoid that. We're gonna avoid the over under. Here, here's I, I, my I'll take five. I'll take Tennessee minus ten and a half. No, no, and I'll tell Wait. you why. It it is the most Tennessee thing in the world. I agree. I agree. To to suddenly let Anthony Richardson throw for like two hundred and fifty right. yards through the goddamn air. I agree. And all their fa- I think all their fans know it too cuz anytime I go to Tennessee's page they're like begging. They're like pleading. They're like please don't let Anthony Richardson fuck us. They you they know he's bad but at the same time they're well aware that for some reason UF just has their number year in and year out. And I think what their coach is going to do is they're going to be like I don't think their guy uh trusts in their arm anymore. We're going to completely commit to the ground game and then Anthony Richardson is just going to turn up with play action passes. I think Billy Napier is finally going to come to his senses on who he thinks Anthony Richardson really is, um, you know, limit the passing, try to do a more offensive ground and pound game. I still think Tennessee is going to win, but I'm taking UF plus 10 and a half. I just think it's the there smarter was bet. A, uh, I'm trying to find and, it right now. Yeah, dude. And it's an SEC matchup with two top 25 ranked teams, which goes back to my argument. How the fuck can you have two top 25 teams play each other? And you're going to say the spread is more than a touchdown. 
Is that really is that really the difference between the number eleventh ranked school in the country and the number twentieth ranked school in the country? Ten and a half points. Are you serious? There was something I, I saw. I can't I can't find it now, but it's like it's like UF's won like thirty like thirty more times over Tennessee, and Tennessee has one win over the last seventeen games or something like that. Um, I don't think Tennessee's that good. I don't think Hupel's that good. I think they're extremely overrated, mm-hmm. and their schedule just works out in their favor. Yep. Hendon Hooker is legit, though. I'm going to give him his credit. The quarterback for Tennessee, 844 yards, six touchdowns, no picks, and an 86.3 QBR in the season. Granted, they haven't played fucking anybody. But <laughs> Gators, Tennessee is always overrated and lose to Florida. And that, that's like that, that's like their history of their program. Yep. yep. Um, and I don't think Florida's going to win this game, but I do think, like you said, it'll be close. And I, I think Tennessee's going to pull it out, but I think it's going to mm-hmm. show that Tennessee's not worth a shit. I think they're extremely overrated. People want them to be good rather than them actually being good, if that makes sense. See, I'm more afraid of the latter happening, where rather than people realizing Tennessee isn't good, I think it's going to get false hope to fucking Gator fans again, where they're just going to be like, oh, my God, like we, we kept it close to the number 11 team in the culture. Like, like Tennessee has no business being up. ranked that high. They have no business. Yeah, yeah which, which it's it's exactly what we keep talking about. Like, what, what are we doing with these rankings? But I digress. Next game, no, though, we'll we take Notre Tennessee Dame. money. We're taking Tennessee money line. Well, the money line wouldn't be a point. Let's just take U.S. plus 10.5 if we think they're not going to cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, we'll do U.F. plus 10.5. Um, next game, we have Notre Dame heading to UNC. UNC is minus 1.5 favorites in this game. Um, yeah, the game's at Chapel Hill. I don't trust Notre Dame. I think UNC is going to run the scoreboard on them. Yeah. Yeah, Luke May. Luke May. Drake May. Yeah, Drake May. Sorry, I was thinking of their uh, Luke May was their ginger center at UNC. That was like their sixth year that brought carried them in the goddamn um, March Madness. But yeah, something about the May is in UNC man. Um, I think he's one of the top players in the country on throws. Eleven touchdowns, one pick, eighty nine point five QBR as a freshman, six four two twenty. Yeah, but more specifically, I think he's the highest-rated quarterback when it comes to throws over 20-plus yards, and I think he is going to air that bitch out on Notre Dame. And I think Notre Dame is hella overrated on the offensive side of the ball. One of the only things I would ever discredit about UNC is I don't think their defense is worth a shit. Um, Notre Dame's offense is awful. Exactly, which is why if you don't have an offense to at least put up against UNC's defense, then you're fucked. Like, I think UNC. I think UNC is just gonna. I think it's gonna be like a medium high score game. But UNC is just gonna. They're gonna score so much more on them. And I. Yeah. I hate UNC. I don't think UNC is good. I just think Notre Dame sucks. I agree. Moving on from that, we have James Madison University. Wait, wait, real on. quick. You took you took UNC minus one point five. Yes. Yeah, yes, one hundred percent. So moving on from that, we have James Madison University heading to Boone, North Carolina, to take on App State. App State is minus. Is pretty much a touchdown favorite at minus seven points. The over under is set on 58 and a half. Talk about a sleeper game of the fucking season, bro. Uh, dude, I'm feeling something in my cojones that's telling me James Madison is going to win this game. However, I'm going to be a smart man. And because the spread is a touchdown, I'm going to take James Madison plus seven. I think Boone's magic is bound to run out at some point. I think the magic in Boone, you know, they've drank all their moonshine, vibes are kind of dying down there. Um, and I think this is a huge trap game for them. You know, they're going to be looking at this team as a first year FCS, first year FBS program, excuse me. 
and they're not going to give respect that James Madison did. Dude, James Madison is a fucking legit FBS program. They're one of the most legit. Oh, yeah, that's what that's why you know people are like, oh, they're first year FBS. Dude, they they were a powerhouse in the FCS program. Like they were yeah, disgusting. Like, and their quarterback like they had to be brought up. Their quarterback, Todd Santiago, I don't know how to pronounce it. He's an FBS quarterback. He played three seasons at Temple and two seasons at Colorado State. It's his first year yeah. at James Madison. And he is yeah. fucking nine touchdowns, no picks, and an 87 and a half, uh 87.8 QBR. Yeah, like James Madison was forced into the FBS because of how much they were just whooping ass. Yeah, in FCS. That they're a solid ass program. One of my guarantees for this game, though, um, you can hammer the shit out of that over at fifty-eight and a half. Yeah. Holy shit, these teams! Yeah. That like, th- this is going to be insane. Like this, I'm will telling be you, bro. If you people don't that don't follow college football to the depth, only know like the SEC and Big Ten games, this is a fucking game to watch, bro. Three thirty on yeah. ESPN Plus. JMU at App State. That's a fucking. That's going to be an electric ass, well coached, like fun football game. Yeah, this is another thing. This is just a complete failure on ESPN side of things. This, I don't know what other game is competing with them um, for that time slot, but this game needs to be on cable. This shouldn't require a subscription to have to watch this game. Everyone should be blessed to have their eyes on this game, and we'll hopefully we'll get a chance to see a lot of clips. From it, I know I will be watching the game. Yeah, I have an ESPN Plus account. Yeah, uh, I will be illegally streaming it um, because I refuse to give my money. Yeah, but that's going to be that. That has the potential to be the game of the week. To be honest, yes, I that will be the our clocks game of the week. Yeah. Um. Yes. Moving on from that, that, we'll make an edit for that clocks game of the week. Yeah, let me just make another goddamn edit. I'll just make a little. I'll just make a little marker, like bold it, or make make it a little different color, yeah yeah uh, yeah a whole whole ass edit for actually uh, we'll see we'll see if we're feeling bold we'll see next we got at number um, 15 oregon traveling to washington state oregon coming in at a minus six and a half over under set at 57.5 hmm. you know i am i want to take the over yeah, I'm gonna. I think the over is gonna hit. I think. I think Oregon's gonna kill them. Yes, I'll take Oregon at minus six and a half. I think Washington State's just a little overrated. I, they beat that shit. They they had a, a win over Wisconsin where they got absolutely destroyed on field possession in, in every category. They just scored more. Yep, and I think Bo Nix is coming off a very good game. Now it would be very Bo Nix of Bo. It Nix would be to, extremely Bo Nix of him. Yes. Yeah. To suddenly sh- go back to shitting his pants in games but you know um we're gonna have high hopes for him we're gonna say he gets it done nothing more to be said about that game moving on number 10 arkansas against or excuse me heading to college station to to take on number 23 ranked texas a&m university texas a&m is minus two point favorites again what the fuck are we doing with these rankings how do you have a number 10 ranked team a top 10 team in the nation as underdogs against a we have team solid that wins, we have solid eight. wins, we have solid wins. They beat Cincinnati, who was ranked, who was fucking good, and they beat South Carolina. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I'm taking Arkansas in this game, and let me tell yeah. you why. I think they just had one bad off week uh, last week against Missouri State. Um, I, I don't know what happened with them. I just don't think they came into that game prepared. Because if you watch them any other week, they were balling. They were dominant. They Dude, were like KJ Jefferson's a fucking dog. Yeah, and let me tell you, 
that that Mississippi bread boy ain't gonna ain't gonna make the same mistake twice. Yeah. And Texas Texas A&M is always overrated. You know, I think I think they had another just like beat a, beat another shitty team. Don't forget this team lost lost to App State. If honestly, if App State beats UNC in that crazy game, top App 15. State top fifteen, top fifteen easily without a doubt, without a question. But I still think they're. I, d- I, I just think them. I think Arkansas has too many ways to score on Texas A&M for them to. Their defense is solid, but Arkansas's defense is good too. Their Texas A&M's offense is ass. Uh, I think Ar- I, I, I like Arkansas plus two and a half. Yep, give me the Arkansas plus two and a half. Um, damn that over huh. under. I might have been touching it. Yeah, not nah, too. It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, we might not take a lot of over unders this week. We may just. Wait, are we? T- we're taking the over though on that Oregon game. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah we are. okay. That, yeah, we get we we have three games where we took yeah, overs we had on three overs, two overs and an under, two overs and an under. Yep. Yeah. Moving on though, um, just a game that we like talking about. You know, this is clocks on the Knowles section, real quick. Um, Boston College heading to Florida State University. Florida State is minus seventeen and a half favorites. Uh, let me let me say this very, very modestly. If we start Tate Roadmaker, we're not covering 17. And a half. Yeah, I honestly will take Boston College plus 17 and a half. Yes, I completely agree. Just because we only beat Louisville by four, um, that's the only reason I'm saying that. I have no idea. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We'll know when we get closer to game day. If Tate's starting, I'm taking the under. If Jordan's starting, I'm taking the over. That's how I make my decision. That's what I'm rolling with. We're going to leave it blank for now. Either way, Florida State's winning. Either way. Yes. Either way, Florida State's winning. Either way, Florida State's winning. Yes. But we're just going to take Boston College plus 17 and a half. The line's just too big. I haven't seen Florida State really dominate anyone except for Duquesne. And that was an FCS school who also hasn't won a game this year. So we'll leave it at that. Our last game that we're going to go over is number seven, USC at minus seven point favorites, heading to Oregon State. Oh, it dropped. It's minus. It's minus. Uh, it's minus five and a half now. Minus five and a half now. Yeah, it's Ooh. dropped. Let me tell you, I am going to absolutely hammer that minus five and a half for USC. Me too. Um, yeah. If it was at seven, I might have taken Oregon State, but the fact that they just keep lowering it, I don't know why USC keeps getting disrespected. Look, I hate them just as much as anyone else does. I just think Jordan Addison and Caleb Williams. Um, I need to. I need to be proven that they can be stopped by a non-powerhouse team. I, I get a top 10 team in the country would give them a great run for their money and most likely beat them, but I just don't think – this isn't realistically a Pac-12 team. This is Lincoln Riley having way too dominant of a roster for the division he's in. Um, I also think – I also State like the over because they both score a lot of points. Yeah, it's 71 though. That is insane. It's 7.5. It's what now? 70.5. But Oregon State has scored 34, 35, and 68, and USC has scored 66, 41, and 45. Not to mention Oregon State is surrendering over 28 points per contest, and they are the 72nd-ranked D1 defense. In yeah, the I think the over is going to hit. I think USC is going to yeah. mollywop them, though. Yep. Um, yep, we're going to take USC at minus 5.5, and, and we're going to take – the over at 70 and a half. 
Moving on from that segment, we have our last segment of the day, which is we're going to go over the AP poll a little bit. You know, we already talked about how we don't like discussing it just because of how dumb it is. But we're going to say why we think it's so dumb, because rather than bitch, moan, and complain, we're actually going to give proper reasons and then provide some context as to what we would change. Grayson, would you do us the honors of starting us off with just the top 10 initially? Let's go over My, let's go over so like the top 10 that they, that they have. Is Georgia at one, Bama at two, Ohio State at three, Michigan at four, Clemson at five, Oklahoma at six, USC at seven, Kentucky at eight, Oklahoma State at nine, Arkansas at ten. Top ten I would have. I'm keeping Georgia at one. That's a fucking inevitable. I'm putting Ohio State at two because even though Notre Dame sucks, they were ranked when Ohio State beat them. And I'm keeping Alabama at three. I'm putting Kentucky at four because they're the only team that has a ranked win. They're at eight right now, number four, Michigan, number five, Clemson, number six, Oklahoma, number seven, USC. None of them have a ranked win, okay? So I'm putting Kentucky at four. And then I think you got – I think I think you, between Clemson, Oklahoma, and USC, you can kind of mix those three around between five to seven. And then I'm going to put Michigan at eight. Uh, I'm going to put Arkansas at nine, Oklahoma State at ten. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like and the that. reason I'm um, putting Arkansas in front of Oklahoma State, I think Oklahoma State is a as could be a better team, but Arkansas is a ranked win over a solid Cincinnati program, and Oklahoma State hasn't beaten anybody ranked. Yep. Um, yep. Really no questions about the number one ranked spot. Um, Alabama, I just think, played one of their worst games against Texas. You know, that was the most penalties Nick Saban's ever surrendered against a team before. So I'll keep them at the two spot. Ohio State at three. Um, you know, just a slow start against that Notre Dame team. It's typical week one. It's Ohio State. It's what happens. Um, that's just what it is. Also, some of these matchups look for. Ohio State will take on a Big Ten opponent in Wisconsin this week. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Alabama's going to dog walk Vanderbilt. Wisconsin's going to get raped. It's a Big Ten matchup. Shit happens. Number four, Michigan. This is This is my problem with number four, Michigan. Joe Clapp went on his pod and had the audacity to say that Michigan had its first real test this week. They're playing unranked Maryland. That's not a fucking test. No, they're who also just barely survived SMU. Yeah, that, oh. that that's a that's a pop quiz. That ain't shit. Yeah, that's that, that, Joe Clapp's literally giving false hype to Michigan, and for what? Michigan, by the way, their three wins are over teams whose combined record are two and nine, and their two wins are FCS programs. Now, I get it. You won by like you beat every one of those teams by like fifty points. I don't really know what much more to expect out of you. I just can't. I can't respect teams with cupcake schedules. Like I, I'm gonna reward. I'm gonna reward the teams that beat ranked opponents that have earned their way into the rankings based off strength of schedule. If you are writing your AP ranking based off your preseason poll and not playing shit to the last game of the year, go fuck yourself. That That's how I see it. I think Oklahoma um, is kind of surprising there at that sixth spot. Um, I think USC is a little better than them. I think Kentucky is better than them. I think Arkansas is better than them. I just don't think Dylan Gabriel is shit. I don't think he can lead a team to like a New Year's Six Bowl win. I agree. So I kind of view it. And I just don't think Clemson is dog shit either. I think Oklahoma State might beat Oklahoma. Yes, I agree. Um, I think Mike Gundy finally gets it done. By the way, the video 
I don't know if you saw it, but it was the Oklahoma State game, and the guy, the linebacker, is like telling his D lineman to get in the right technique. And he's screaming at him. And he's yelling and he walks up and he slaps the shit out of his player's ass just for the guy to move over. I love that because that's football, you know, bro. That is football. Like linebacker. Because the problem is, is when they go to film that next when they go into film that Monday or Tuesday or whatever, and they sit down, the head coach isn't gonna get mad at the D lineman, even though he was supposed to get the right call in the huddle. It is on the Mike <laughs> linebacker to get his players set because he's the quarterback of that defense. It's his responsibility to have everyone set. So him losing his mind, he knows he's going to be punished for that. He's going to take it out on his guys and make sure that they're in the right place. I love that. I just thought I should bring that up. We'll get back into this. Let's go through the 11th through 20th ranking. At number 11, we have Tennessee. Number 12, we have North Carolina State or NC State. Number 13, we have Utah. Number 14, we have Penn State. Number 15, we have Oregon. Number 16, we have Ole Miss. Number 17, we have Baylor. Number 18, we have Washington. Number 19, BYU. And number 20, Florida. So, couple moving. This is where most of the movement happened. Tennessee's up four spots. NC State's up four spots. Penn State's up eight spots. Oregon's up ten spots. Wow. Um, some games to watch. Obviously, Tennessee versus Florida, ranked versus ranked. I still think Tennessee's going to get it done. If they win this game, I think Tennessee moves. In, I think they're going to have to move into the top ten. I don't know who's going to drop out, but someone's got. Someone's got to. I think Oklahoma, honestly, is going to drop down because they already dropped down after winning a game, and they're versing Arkansas Pine Bluff. No, that's so, that's Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's playing Kansas State. That's what I meant. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Oklahoma State's playing Arkansas Pine Bluff, and they already won a game and dropped in the rankings. I think it's going to happen again. I think Arkansas is going to move to nine. Tennessee is going to move. No, if Arkansas beats Texas A&M, they're going to go up higher. They're going to jump. Yeah, they'll probably jump. Um, They got to find a way to hmm. – yeah, man. Damn. It's kind of hard because no one's really playing anyone. Yeah, I, I don't really care to, to readjust after the top 10. I think it's too early in the season. They're all kind of beating the same nobody schools. Yeah, I'm just trying to look for some of the notable matchups. Baylor got a notable matchup heading into Iowa State. Makes no sense um, if Florida State's not ranked. Yeah, but, you know, we'll see at the end of the year. Um, Washington's taking on Stanford. Uh, Washington should clear that for you. Them, yeah. Um, there's not, there's not anything like crazy. Yeah. Obviously Florida taking on Tennessee. They'll probably drop out of the rankings if they lose that one. Um, but let's get through the 21 through 25 at 21. We have Wake Forest taking on Clemson. They'll probably lose that game and drop out. Um, you have Texas who only got ranked because they lost. They lost. Wow. Um, they're taking on Texas tech. They'll probably win that game. Texas A&M taking on Arkansas, they'll lose. They'll drop out. No biggie. Pittsburgh taking on Rhode Island, no ones per usual. And we have Miami at 25, who dropped 12 slots because of their loss. Um, what did they lose to? Oh, yeah, Texas A&M. They're like, yeah, um, they're taking on Middle Tennessee. They'll probably stay in the rankings. Um, hopefully, hopefully, if we foresee a Texas A&M dropping out in the rankings, or a Wake Forest dropping out of the rankings. I would like to see Florida State in there. Yeah, and if, if North Carolina wins, I'd like to see them in there too. 4-0 beating App State and Notre Dame. I don't see why they wouldn't be in there. Ah, uh, yeah, now put UNC in over us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, they'll usually list who's on the fringe. Okay, so here's other receiving votes. We're actually 
ranked 27th because Michigan State's receiving 91 votes, Florida State's receiving 85 votes, App State's receiving 77, UNC's receiving 72, Washington State's receiving 62, Cincinnati's at 52, Oregon State's receiving 49 votes, Minnesota's 48 votes, Kansas 23 votes, Syracuse 7, LSU 6, and Wisconsin 4. Wisconsin deserve to be ranked, I'm sorry. Yeah, Florida State and Michigan State and App State are the top three looking in, or North Carolina's right there too, top four looking in, all with over 70 votes. So they're on the outside looking in. They could be ranked all by next week, depending on how these 20 through 25 teams do. And honestly, based on how they've been dropping teams, I mean, if you're going to raise Oregon 10 spots, if you're going to drop some schools 18 spots, 12 spots, however much you want to drop. Very unpredictable. Very unpredictable. We have no idea what's going to happen, and that's why we love college football. Love it. Grayson, do you have anything else you want to add to this pod? Um, I'm excited to watch some college football. There's no there's no UFC on this weekend, so I'm going to be very binging on college football. Um, yeah, man, watch the games we put out. We'll get our graphics up. You'll know what to watch. You'll know what you missed, what you didn't miss. Uh, Zach, thank you for hanging out and talking to college football, brother, man. Always a pleasure. We'll be right back at it next week after we uh, see how these games do. Hopefully all of our picks hit. You know, we make them for you guys. We're trying to make you some money. You know, hopefully we'll get rich the off this podcast. The record's pretty hot right now. What are we sitting at? 38 and 16, I believe. Freaking. Yeah, our record. Yeah, 38 and 16 so far in the season. Not bad, dude. Not bad. Boom. Not bad. If, we, if we were a basketball team – we'd be saying we're going to the championship. But, you know, this is basketball, this is college football, and unfortunately you don't play 40 games in a goddamn season. But that's why we judge them all, we rank them all, and we talk our shit. Um, if you're a UF fan, uh, go cry yourself to sleep this weekend. If you're a Florida State fan, hopefully we'll be ranked next week. If you're a fan of any college football team, we hope you tune in. We hope we hopefully spark some controversy in your life. That's all from us at Clocks on the Stove. We'll catch you all next time. Thank you all.